Lesson 3, Part 1 of The Elements of Herpetology and Ichthyology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Elements of Herpetology and Ichthyology by William Ruskenberger. Lesson 3, Part 1 Order of Soria. Organization, Classification. Family of Crocodilida. Circulation, habits, crocodiles properly so called, alligators. Family of Lacertinida. Characters, monitors, lizards. Family of Iguanida. Characters, dragons, iguanas, basilisks. Family of Gecotida. Characters, habits. Family of Chameleonida. Characters, common chameleon. Family of Skinkoidea. Characters, skinks, Fossil saurians. Order of Ophidia, or serpents. Characters. Family of Anguina. Characters. Family of Serpentia, or true serpents. Colibur. Boa. Venomous serpents. Rattlesnake. Trigonocephalus. Vipers. Naea, or asps. Effects and treatment of the bites of vipers, etc. Family of Nuda. Characters. Order of saurians. The order of Soria comprises all reptiles that resemble lizards in their general conformation. Animals of this order always have an elongated body, terminated by a tail of greater or less length, and provided with extremities, which, with some exceptions, are four in number. Their extremities are short and placed unfavorably for rapid movement. In general, they are wide apart and directed outwards at a right angle with the body so that they cannot sustain the weight of the trunk. Most of these reptiles drag the belly and tail on the ground. The toes, which are very distinct, and ordinarily five in number, terminate in sharp, curved nails. Sometimes they are very long and slender, at others widened, and furnished beneath with folds variously arranged, and at other times again united by palmate membranes, which modifications are in conformity with the animal's mode of life. The skeleton has no important remarkable peculiarity. The number of vertebrae is very variable, particularly in the caudal region. There always exist movable ribs which often protect the abdomen as well as the thorax. The sternum is never wanting. The shoulder is ordinarily formed of three bones, a scapula, a clavicle, and a coracoid bone, united in a kind of ring, so as to envelop the anterior part of the chest, and all concur in the formation of the cavity designed to lodge the head of the humerus. The pelvis is also composed of three pieces, and is joined to the sacrum, which consists of two vertebrae. The skin of these animals is always covered by a thick and unequal epidermic layer, which forms scales or plates of greater or less size. The mouth, which is deeply cleft, is without fleshy lips. It is armed with teeth, generally of a conical form, that serve to seize and hold their prey, but rarely to grind their food. They are often found in the palate as well as in the two jaws. The food of saurians consists essentially of animal substances. The digestive canal is ordinarily quite short. In general, the stomach is scarcely distinguishable from the esophagus, but sometimes it has the form of a more or less globular pouch. The disposition of the circulatory system varies in these animals. In general, the heart is but imperfectly divided in its ventricular portion, so that the venous blood and arterial blood mingle in its interior. 
but in crocodiles the separation between the two halves of this organ is complete, and the mixture of the two kinds of blood takes place only in the descending aorta. The lungs in general are large and extend more or less into the abdomen. The air is renewed in them by the same mechanism as in mammals and birds, that is, by the alternate dilation and contraction of the cavity of the thorax, affected by the action of the ribs. The order of saurians may be divided into six families, namely crocodilians, lacertians, chameleonians, iguanians, gecotians, and skinkoidians, which may be distinguished by the following characters. Crocodilians. Saurians having four toes on the hind and five on the forefeet, tail compressed, tongue not extensile, and the heart with four distinct cavities. Lacertians. Saurians in general, having five toes throughout and always the same number on the anterior and posterior paws, the heart with but three cavities, tongue very extensile, bifid at the end, toes free, tail not prehensile. Chameleonians. Saurians in general, having five toes throughout and always the same number on the same anterior and posterior paws, the heart with but three cavities, tongue very extensile, terminated by a fleshy cylinder, toes united in two opposable parcels, tail prehensile. Iguanians. Saurians in general having five toes throughout and always the same number on the anterior and posterior paws, the heart with but three cavities, tongue not extensile, paws quite long, body neither fusiform nor vermiform, toes unequal and not widened at the end, body light. Gecotians. Saurians in general having five toes throughout and always the same number on the anterior and posterior paws, the heart with but three cavities, tongue not extensile, paws quite long, body neither fusiform nor vermiform, toes equal and almost always widened at the end in the form of a disc or fan, body squat. Skincodians. Saurians, in general, having five toes throughout, always the same number on the anterior and posterior paws, the heart with but three cavities, tongue not extensile, paws in general very short, and often only two in number, body fusiform, or like that of a serpent. Certain fossil reptiles, which cannot be classed in any one of the above families, are also referred to in this order. Some of them were formed for swimming exclusively, and others for flight. Family of Crocodilians. Crocodilians differ in so many respects from other saurians that many authors think they ought to constitute a separate order. Their internal organization seems to place them as a connecting link between reptiles and the higher vertebrata. They are very easily recognized by their laterally compressed tail and by their toes, five before and four behind, all of them more or less united by membranes, which is indicative of aquatic habits. The most remarkable peculiarity in the structure of these animals is the disposition of their circulatory system. It is such that the whole posterior part of the body receives only a mixture of arterial and venous blood, while the head is supplied with pure arterial blood. The heart has four cavities, two auricles, and two distinct ventricles, as in mammals and birds. The arterial blood, coming from the lungs, passes from the left auricle into the ventricle of the same side, which in its turn sends the blood into the aorta. The venous blood, received into the right ventricle, finds no direct passage into the left ventricle, as is the case in other reptiles, but it does not all go to the lungs, as it does in the warm-blooded vertebrata. 
for alongside of the pulmonary arteries is found another vessel, which also arises from the right ventricle, and which, after bending backwards behind the heart, terminates in the descending aorta. It follows, therefore, that at every contraction of the heart, one portion of the venous blood is sent to the lungs, and another portion is mingled with the arterial blood. But this mixture takes place in the interior of the aorta, below the point of origin of those branches, which this vessel sends to the head and interior part of the trunk, so that these parts receive pure arterial blood, while all those, the arteries of which arise posteriorly to the point of junction, between the aorta and the vessel coming from the right ventricle, receive only a mixture of red and black blood. The lungs of crocodiles do not extend into the abdomen, like those of other reptiles, and are separated from its viscera by a sort of imperfect diaphragm. It is also to be remarked that the canal through which the air penetrates to these organs can be completely separated from the mouth by letting down a fold, analogous to the veil of the palate in mammals, an arrangement which permits them to remain underwater with the mouth open to await their prey without interrupting their respiration and their nostrils, which open at the extremity of the muzzle, are closed by valves. Their mouth is cleft beyond the ears, and the lower jaw is prolonged backwards beyond the cranium, which makes the upper one seem to be movable, but it only moves with the cranium. There is in each jaw a single row of very strong pointed teeth planted in distinct alveoli. The tongue is fleshy flat and attached to the lower jaw, very close to its edges, and hardly distinct from it which led the ancients to believe that it was entirely wanting. The stomach is in the form of a rounded pouch. The skeleton also has several peculiarities. The cervical vertebrae rest one on the other through the medium of small false ribs, which renders lateral motion difficult. Besides the ordinary ribs, there is found between the muscles of the abdomen analogous bones, which protect the viscera without extending to the dorsal spine. These reptiles are the only saurians that want clavicles, properly so called. Crocodiles are large animals. Their back is covered by large, square, very strong scales, which are carinate, ridged, in the middle. Their tail has a similar covering and is furnished on the top with a strongly notched crest, which is double at its base. The plates on the belly are thin, smooth, and square, and arranged in transverse bands. These large and powerful animals inhabit the hottest parts of both continents, and ordinarily keep in freshwater rivers and lakes. Their gait is usually slow, though they can swim with extreme rapidity, and run very swiftly in a straight line, but owing to the disposition of the vertebrae of the neck, it is difficult for them to change their direction. Hence it is easy to avoid them by turning or running around them. They are very carnivorous and formidable even for man. They cannot swallow in the water but they generally drag their prey there to drown, and it is said they deposit it in some hole to putrefy before eating it. These animals notwithstanding, they are so formidable, and so well furnished with protective armor, have foes to dread, and these enemies are feeble insects, a sort of ant, which introduce themselves into their mouths in immense numbers the moment they go on shore and torment them with their stings. But what is very singular little birds often come to deliver them from this scourge and enter their great mouth without fear in pursuit of the insects. This fact, observed by Herodotus and afterwards treated as a fable, has been confirmed in modern times by Geoffrey St. Hilaire, who accompanied the Emperor Napoleon in Egypt. 
a species of plover performs this interesting service for the crocodiles of the Nile, and in the West Indies the toady has a similar habit. The family of crocodilida is composed of three genera, namely crocodiles properly so called, caimans or alligators, and gavials. Crocodiles properly so called are crocodilians having the muzzle wide and the whole head oblong, the upper jaw simply notched on each side to receive the fourth tooth of the lower jaw. Caimans, crocodilians having the muzzle wide and the whole head oblong, the upper jaw with a hole on each side to receive the fourth tooth of the lower jaw. Gavials, crocodilians having the muzzle slender and very much elongated. Crocodiles, properly so called, crocodilus, have an oblong and depressed muzzle, unequal teeth, and the upper jaw notched on each side to receive the fourth lower tooth when the mouth is shut. The most celebrated and longest known species is the crocodile of the Nile, an animal that is sometimes 25 and even 30 feet in length. It is bronze-green, spotted and marbled with brown above, yellowish-green below, and is distinguished by the square plates, nearly equal in size, which form six rows along the back. We find from Senegal to the Ganges, even beyond it, crocodiles very similar to that of the Nile, which seem to be only varieties of this species. Formerly, this reptile descended the Nile to its delta, and, according to Pliny, passed the four winter months there in caverns, but in our time it never quits Upper Egypt, where it does not hibernate. The ancient Egyptians, particularly the inhabitants of Thebes, in the environs of the Lake Morris, rendered great honors to these reptiles. They even made them objects of religious worship, and embalmed their dead bodies. At Arsinoe the priests raised one of these reptiles, which they kept in a temple, and adorned with jewels and fed with great care. Crocodiles, properly so-called, also exist in America. The caiman of St. Domingo and other parts of the West Indies belongs to this genus, and has received the name of Crocodilus acutus, or sharp-nosed crocodile, from the form of its head. It has four rows of plates on its back, and its length sometimes exceeds sixteen feet. It is a fierce and dangerous animal. At birth the young are from nine to ten inches long, and growth continues for twenty years. The caimans, or alligators, are readily distinguished from crocodiles properly so called by the disposition of the fourth tooth of the lower jaw, which, when the mouth is closed, is lodged in a hole, and not in a notch of the upper jaw. Their hind feet, in place of being notched on the external edge and palmate to the end of the toes, are unprovided with notches, and are only semi-palmate. Many species are known, but all seem to belong to America. One of them, the pike-nosed alligator, Crocodilus lucius, inhabits the southern parts of North America, and during the season of ice, buries itself in the mud, and remains benumbed until the return of a milder temperature. In Guiana and Brazil, there is another, the spectacle alligator, Crocodilus sclerops, so called from the ridge which unites the projecting edges of the orbits in front. Like other crocodiles, the last lays its eggs in the sand, but covers them with straw or leaves, and instead of abandoning them, defends them courageously. It is from 12 to 15 feet in length and rarely attacks man. The gavials differ from the two preceding genera in their very long slender muzzle, as well as in their teeth, which are nearly equal. They are only met with on the eastern continent. The most common is the gavial of the Ganges, 
Lacerda gangetica, which is said to attain 30 feet in length, but is not dangerous either to man or large animals. It feeds exclusively on fishes. Family of Lacertians The Lacertians have five distinct toes on all their feet, armed with nails. The tongue is thin, extensile, and terminated by two threads. Their scales are arranged in transverse and parallel bands around the tail and under the belly. Some have teeth in the jaws only, and others have them also in the palate. The first form the tribe of monitors, and the second that of lizards. The monitors generally have a laterally compressed tail, like that of a crocodile. Monitors, properly so called, are recognized by the small scales that cover the head, limbs, and whole body. Two species are found in Egypt. One, the monitor of the Nile, Lacerta nilotica, is five or six feet long, and is seen sculptured on the monuments of the ancient Egyptians. The other, called the land monitor of Egypt, on account of its terrestrial habits, is common in the deserts in the vicinity of that country. Other monitors, called sovagards, have the top of their head furnished with angular plates, and the belly and tail are covered with large rectangular scales. The tribe of lizards is composed of lizards properly so called, and some similar genre, in which the palate is armed with two rows of teeth and the tail is cylindrical. Most of them are also distinguished by a sort of collar placed under the neck and formed of a transverse range of large scales separated from those of the chest by a space covered only by granulations. In general, they have also, under each thigh, a longitudinal series of projecting pores, and the whole top of the head is armed with a bony shield, which is covered by large horny plates. Lizards, properly so called, lacerta, have the top of the body covered by small scales similar to granulations, while beneath the belly they have large transverse plates. These animals are agile, light, and elegant in form. They feed principally on insects and prefer living prey. In summer they eat a great deal, but they can easily support a fast of several weeks in summer and four or five months in winter. When held in captivity, they generally refuse to take food yet they bite at everything presented to them and close their jaws with considerable force. In our climate they pass the winter benumbed in holes, and their movements are active in proportion as the temperature is more elevated. They love to warm themselves in the sun, even in midsummer, and they are often seen stretched on a stone basking in the sunshine. Many fables have been attached to these animals. Some have pretended, without any reason, that they are venomous, Others, without foundation, assert that they show a true attachment for man and give him warning when a serpent is about to bite. A great many species are known. Family of Iguanians The Saurians composing this family have very nearly the same general form as the Lacertians. They also have a long tail, free and unequal toes, etc., but their tongue is fleshy, thick, not extensile, and only notched at the end. The mouth presents the same modifications as the preceding family. Sometimes they have teeth in the palate as well as in both jaws. Sometimes there are only two ranges of teeth in the upper jaw. Among the first are ranged the stelios. They have the tail surrounded by large scales, which are often spiny. The agamians, in which the scales on the tail are imbricate, that is, having the scales lying over each other like shingles on a roof, and not verticulate, that is not arranged in a circle around a center, the dragons, etc. 
The last are distinguished from all other reptiles by a species of wing formed on each side by a deep fold of skin. These appendices resemble the wings of a bat, but instead of being supported and set in motion by the extremities, they are altogether independent of them, and are sustained by the first six false ribs, which do not surround the abdomen, but are extended horizontally in a straight line. The animal uses these wings as a parachute to sustain itself in the air when it leaps from branch to branch, but it cannot use them with sufficient force to fly like a bat or a bird. These singular reptiles, which inhabit India, realize to a certain extent the fable of flying lizards or serpents spoken of by certain ancient writers. But the dragons of zoologists, instead of being formidable animals, like those of the poets, are of a very small size and only attack insects. As examples of iguanians with palatine teeth, we will mention iguanas properly so called, basilisks and enolis. The first are covered by small imbricated scales and have a crest of pointed scales along the back. There is also observed beneath the throat a pendant and compressed dewlap. Several species are known which inhabit America. One, four or five feet in length, is common in all the hot regions of the New World. It lives mostly on trees and feeds on fruit, leaves, etc. Its flesh is reputed delicate, but unwholesome. The basilisks, basiliscus, have along the back and tail a continued elevated crest, which is supported by the spinous processes of the vertebrae. They feed on grains and inhabit Guiana. The anolis, anolius, which also belong to America, are distinguished by the conformation of their toes, the antepenultimate joint of which is furnished on the under part with an oval striated disc by the assistance of which these reptiles cling to the surface upon which they climb. Many of them possess the power of changing the color of their skin. To the family of iguanas also belongs an enormous reptile called Mosasaurus, the fossil bones of which have been found at Maastricht. Family of Gekotians the saurians designated under the collective name of geckos are nocturnal animals, dull and heavy in appearance. Their walk is crawling, and their swat and flattened form is in striking contrast with that of most of the reptiles we have heretofore mentioned. Their head is wide and depressed. Their eyes are very large and very prominent. Their jaws are armed all round with a single row of small teeth, but there are none in the palate. Their tongue is fleshy and not extensile, the body is studded above by small granular scales, among which are larger tubercles, the whole resembling shagreen, and covered beneath by flat, imbricated scales. Their feet are moderate in size, and their five almost equal toes are ordinarily widened throughout, or in part armed with retractile nails, and furnished beneath with a fold of skin, by the aid of which they adhere to bodies upon which they walk. This conformation of the toes enables them to walk easily on the smoothest walls and even upon ceilings. During the day they conceal themselves in obscure places, and at night, more especially, they seek spiders and other animals upon which they feed. The ugliness of these reptiles is extreme, and we are assured that the contact of their feet on our skin often excites a sort of inflammation. They are everywhere objects of aversion, and they are charged with being venomous, but this opinion is not sustained by positive proof. The geckos are very numerous and disseminated throughout the warm parts of both continents. Family of Chameleons The Chameleons, Chameleo, 
are distinguished from all other saurians by their toes, which are five in number on all their feet, but divided into two opposable parcels, or bundles, an arrangement which makes these animals essentially climbers, destined to live on the branches of trees. A number of peculiarities of organization separates them from all the reptiles we have thus far considered. Their tail, round and prehensile, serves them as a fifth extremity in suspending themselves from branches, and aids them in their slow and awkward movements. Their eyes, which are very large and very projecting, are almost entirely covered by the skin. The light reaches them only through a little hole situate opposite to the pupil, and these organs move altogether independently of each other. Their mouth is armed with small trilobed teeth, and their tongue, fleshy and cylindrical, is extremely extensile. They can dart it out of their mouth to a distance that sometimes exceeds the length of the body, and they use it to seize living insects upon which they feed. Their body is compressed, and the back is ridged, or, as it were, trenchant, and the skin is covered by small, scaly granulations. These singular animals are celebrated for their faculty of almost instantly changing color, and if we believe the ancient writers, they even possess the power of assuming successively the hues of all the objects by which they are surrounded, in order to conceal themselves more effectually from their enemies. The observations of naturalists have already robbed the history of the chameleon of the fables with which it was loaded. And although the faculty of changing its colors in this manner has been denied, it has been ascertained that it really undergoes the most remarkable changes, being sometimes almost white, sometimes yellowish, at other times green, reddish, and even almost black, either entirely or only on parts of the body. These changes are particularly observed when the animal is excited, either by anger or by heat. When it has remained for some time in a dark, cold place, it is almost white, and warming it, or stimulating it, causes it to assume a bottle green, or vinous red hue, which often becomes so intense that it appears to be almost black. For a long time these changes were attributed to the greater or less distension of the very large lungs of this animal, and to corresponding modifications in the quantity of blood sent to the skin, but we are assured there is no necessary relation between these phenomena, and dissection of the skin teaches us that we must seek the cause of these variations of color in the particular mode of the structure of this membrane. We find, in fact, that it contains different coloring matters, some of which can sometimes rise to the surface, and in a degree, mask the others, and at other times retire, and become hidden beneath the superficial pigment. Only a single genus of saurians possessing the above-described organization is known. But many species of chameleons have been ascertained. One of them, very common in the neighborhood of Algiers, is met with from Spain to the Indies. Family of Skinkoidea The saurians which compose this family are recognized by their short feet, their tongue, which is slightly or not at all extensible, and by the equal and ordinary imbricated scales which cover the body above and below. Some of them are spindle-shaped, and others have the body so much elongated and the tail not very distinguishable from it, that they resemble serpents. In many the feet are too short to serve for locomotion, and there are some in which one pair of extremities, either the anterior or posterior, is entirely wanting. The Skinkoidea evidently form the connecting link between the Saurians and Ophidians. Among the Skinkoidea, we place the Skinks, 
the seps, the bipeds, the chalcides, and the bimana. In the first two genera, there are four feet, and in the seps, the body is more elongated and more vermiform than in the skinks. The bipeds and chalcides want the anterior extremities, and the bimana have the four feet only. Long previous to the epoch of the creation of man, there existed on the surface of the globe a great number of gigantic reptiles, the bones of which are found in a fossil state. Among these saurians, the race of which is extinct, are found lucertians, resembling monitors, that must have been from thirty to forty feet in length. But many of those lost animals are particularly remarkable for their anomalous structure. In England, near Honfleur, and in other localities, we find in the very ancient formations the remains of many species of two genera of saurians whose broad feet, in the form of battledores, indicate that these animals were entirely aquatic. They are designated under the names of Plesiosaurus and Ichthyosaurus. And another reptile still more extraordinary has been discovered in some of the ancient layers of the earth. According to the structure of its bony frame, we see, like the bat, it must have been capable of walking and flying, for its posterior extremities and all the toes of the forefeet, with a single exception, are formed in the ordinary way, but the second toe of the anterior extremities is more than twice as long as the body and probably sustained a fold of skin fitted to perform the functions of wings. To indicate this singular conformation, the generic name of Pterodactylus has been given to these fossil saurians. End of Lesson 3, Part 1